0: Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's
1: go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit DoorDevil.com and enter Best Ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Chris Clothier. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Chris is joining us from Memphis, Tennessee and as you'll notice from his company name, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) He is the partner and co-owner of Memphis Invest. It's a turnkey real estate company, and he also has expanded the company since uh, it was founded to Dallas Invest and now Houston Invest. His company has been recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of the fastest growing private companies in the United States for the last three years, so definitely have a track record for growing the business having success in real estate. And right now they have over twenty six hundred properties under management. So with that being said, Chris, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on uh what you've been up to and what you're focused on now?
0: Yeah, we've we've been up to uh a lot of growth here lately. You know, we've kind of it's so funny, I feel like I'm further away from being a hands-on everyday real estate investor and much more of a of an entrepreneur business owner today. Um but um That doesn't take the fun out of it. That just kind of takes some of the of the hands-on, boots-dirty kind of stuff out of it. But um, you know, we we're growing our business today. We're up to over fifty-five full-time employees. We have three offices, um, as you noted: Memphis, Dallas, and Houston. We are we're not really necessarily trying to be in a growth period, but it's just it's happening very naturally um, from a lot of repeat business and a lot of uh, referral business. So. We're just, as a company, we're blessed right now. We've got uh, good markets that have a lot of good inventory that we want, that we want to be, you know, obviously buying and renovating and, and then managing in the future. And there's a high demand for our product. So, you know, look, I, I guess as long as we keep acting the way we're we're acting and conducting business the way we conduct business, then they will keep being that same demand. So it's a lot of fun right now.
1: couple questions on that. Sure. What was the tipping point for your business from – the family owned company of probably you, it looks like your dad and some brothers to, uh, three different offices and being on Inc. Magazine's, uh, watch list.
0: Sure. We, um, we made a shift. It was really a mind shift. We, up to that point, we had thought of ourselves as a transaction company. You know, we were our job was to buy a house and renovate it and then find some investor that wanted it and sell it. And that's, I mean, that's essentially what we did on a daily basis. And then it kind of, it kind of clicked with us. And this has happened in multiple businesses because this is not the only business my family has started. This will be the, uh, at this point, I think it's the 11th business that myself, my brothers, or my father have started going back to 1983 um, that exceeded $10 million in sales a year. And all of them were built on customer service, this repeat client and kind of really nurturing the experience that they're having. So it was kind of, it, it, I wouldn't call it an epiphany, nothing like that, but it was definitely a mind shift. We sat down and we started thinking about our clients and the fact that, you know, you don't really build wealth by buying one house. Um, wealth is built obviously over time and it's built. Um, when you have multiple uh, streams of income. So we just began to devise a plan. We, We figured, you know, if we're going to be successful and grow a business, we're going to need to have clients that want to have multiple properties. And the way a investor wants to have multiple properties is when they're making money and they're having a positive experience. And so we just began to design a company built around that. You know, we had to we had to make sure that the investor made money we had to make sure that they had a great channel of communication and we had to make sure that um that we set the proper expectation that that they were getting what they expected to get on a monthly basis you know as an investor and it was just so no one else was doing it uh, and, and very few people will do it today as well it, it's just this the we're no longer a transaction based business we are 100% customer centric which is easy for anybody to say that's the most common the common thing for people to say today is that they're customer service business, but um, you know we really focused in on that experience. How are they experiencing owning real estate with our company, and what can we do to make it better and different and we We studied Neiman Marcus uh, we studied Zappos we studied um, high level high customer touch, great experience type companies around the country to see what they were doing. And then we just tried to emulate it, you know, in our own little way with real estate. And so, what, are,
1: what are some ways that you emulated sure. it from the Neiman Marcuses and from the high level companies that were having rave reviews from their customers?
0: Yeah, uh, it's all built around communication and touch. And so, you know, with, with, with us, the long term aspect of this relationship is, is um, property management. When an investor buys a, a long term buy and hold property, they plan on holding it for many, many years. And so we focused in first on on property management and we built a department inside of our property management company where they call every investor every month. And which is that's different. You know, most people will tell you that that their customer or their um, property management experience does not include hearing from the property management company every month. Yeah, that's Uh, that's
1: very different.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so, and what they do is we really, we trained our team by sending them to customer service uh, trainings around the country to call up and say, how are you? You know, what can I do for you? And ask questions based on, did you receive your last statement? Did you receive your last payment? Do you have questions? Challenging them to look at their statement. And, you know, if, if there was a charge on it, confirm for us that we didn't double bill you, that you weren't charged for that last month, confirm that everything is correct. Always this, you know, this, um, this very transparent, Hey, we're, you know, we can make mistakes. So let's make sure we go through this together. And we're always checking and double checking. And, 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 you know, I, I will tell you that what grew out of that were these real relationships. Um, and I, I won't use the name of this particular investor and I'll just tell this story very quickly, but there's a there's an investor right now who um his daughter is battling an illness and she is in the hospital and she's a young little girl uh less than 5 years old and and um but we we've sent her um her his customer service rep uh asked if it was okay and of course it was if she could send a little gift to the hospital and you know she she took the time to have it monogrammed with so they knew it came from us and it was some some things that a young child would want to play with but what it did on the other side was it reinforced to that that investor that that we do know you and that we do care about your everyday experiences, and you don't have to worry a thing about your properties because right now you know anything that happens if a property goes vacant if there's an issue we just take care of it um, because we're aware of of that relationship we know what's going on with that person so it's a very very uh, relationship driven. Um, type of experience that we try and create and that's just one small example and that was that was probably uh, you know I didn't, I didn't mean for it to be that extreme or whatever but you know you get the point I think that it's when you know who you're doing business with and you know them personally you, you, you know you're going to be in business with somebody for a long long time
1: based on your experience growing a company doing property management working with investors all over the United States and I imagine the world What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Before you do business with somebody, um, I tell investors all the time, take nothing on faith. Make sure that you check, double check, do your due diligence. Um, Even as you begin to get to know someone um, over time, don't take anything on faith. That's when investors get hurt. Always check, always double check, always make sure that, um, you know, even the standard you've come to expect remains the standard you receive. So never, never begin to take, uh, anything on faith.
1: What are some tactical ways people can check and double check and do the due diligence on potential business partners?
0: Sure. Uh, number one, ask them. If you're going to do business with somebody especially in the real estate business and they they have a, a certain level of experience, they've been around for the last 8 to 10 to 12 years, ask them what's the biggest mistake they've made in real estate and what are they doing to keep you from making that same mistake. Mm-hmm. What you'll find is that um if they can't answer the question, they're not trustworthy in my opinion. If the answer they give is is very uh meaningless, you know, it's not really a it's not a mistake, it's, it's something small and harmless, then they're, they're probably trying to hide something from you or they just don't have the experience level that, that matches what they say they have. And if they get brutally honest and they lay it out there and they tell you that this is, this is the mistake that I've made, this is where I've been, and this is how you avoid it, you've probably found somebody pretty good, somebody worth uh, investigating a little deeper, going, going a, little, a little more uh, in-depth with.
1: Are you ready for the best ever lightning round?
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Best ever book you've read
0: um, by far uh, rework How come because uh it's one of those books that it's written in, in these short one to two page chapters, and it's all about the the best ideas that this company has about using uh your collateral uh about you know why meetings are no good, why you know it's all these little pieces of advice for entrepreneurs. Um, but it's written in these one and two page, uh, chapters that are just, I mean, to me, it was fantastic. I have copied, cut out, cut and paste. I've used that book, um, probably every (laughs) single day that I've been an entrepreneur, uh, for a long, long time.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it.
0: Um, well, yeah, I'll be, I'll be brutally honest. Um, there was a time period when I, um, found myself up against the wall and I had to pick up the phone and call a lender and tell them that I was not going to be able to make a payment. Um, and you know what I learned from that is that when you are open and honest and uh, transparent with somebody, a lot of times uh, they're going to work with you. If they're not going to work with you that day, they'll come back and they'll work with you again in the future.
1: How long ago was that?
0: Uh, four years ago. A little over four years ago. Almost five now
1: best ever success habit you
0: practice? I get away from my business quite often. Um, I have four beautiful little children, a fifth one that's on the way. And I try and spend a lot of, of high quality time with them um, because I spend a lot of time in business. And so when I'm with them and I'm in on them, it's, it's all about them. And that's, uh, you know, that provides a certain level of joy. You know in my life, so that's uh that's a habit I try and practice as often as possible
1: congratulations on the new arrival too
0: yeah we're uh we're excited literally right around the corner in january so
1: oh wow that's awesome best ever deal you've done
0: um it's <laughs> see this is a hard one because uh I'm not doing these big blockbusters i'm not a I'm not one of those guys that knocks out blockbusters but we have a uh we have a commercial building that we have right now that the, the owner really wanted to sell it. He was willing to do some owner financing for us, uh, created an absolutely ridiculous uh, time frame to pay it back. Not only did we have a, a long uh, period of time to pay it back, it's, it's a balloon note on the back end. and We had multiple years at the beginning where we had to make no payments at all. Um, so we put a, a small down payment in, didn't make any payments for, uh, almost four years. And then the payments were super small until we ballooned it on the back end, almost 20 years down the road. So it was practically getting a commercial building for free.
1: What type of building is it?
0: Well, it's, we turned it into our property management company, but it could, um, it's easily used for such as a, a doctor's office or. Uh, a dental office, something along that it it can be easily converted into a small practice, but we we bought it uh, and immediately turned it into our property management company and it kind of led to today we have three buildings side by side, and this was the second purchase so this was our first real expansion out of our out of our first building and it was you know kind of really it gave us the ability to buy that third building uh, because we got such a good deal on the second
1: was that a former client of yours?
0: No, it wasn't. It wasn't, but it was definitely, um, as a real estate investor, we have not, we don't back out of deals. So when we put our name on the line and we go into contract with someone, we, we keep that contract. And so even through all the lean years, through all the bust years, we we've always been the type of people that when we say we're going to buy it, we buy it. And that led us to have this, just this fantastic reputation. This particular seller knew of that reputation. And he just called us on the phone and said, look, I need help. I need to know if you guys will buy it. I'm going to make a deal for you. And we went and, and put the deal together. But he called us because of that reputation.
1: Even if you discover something that wasn't disclosed during the initial process prior to due diligence, you'll still buy
0: it? Well, now that's, of course, now we're getting into gray areas. So I don't, we don't use outs in our contracts. Okay, so I'm not I'm not one of those buyers that says just get it under contract and then somewhere down the line go look and back out of it if there's something that you don't like about it or try and renegotiate. We we negotiate very very fairly up front, and if we put our name on it, we sign that contract and say we will look at you know we we want this house, we'll buy it. I will tell you that there have been scenarios where things have happened, um, and we'll call it uh, vandalism. That it's not the seller's fault. It's certainly not our fault. And um we've still closed those deals. We may in some cases we ask the seller to help us out with it or this you know this that or the other, but that's not their that's not their problem right and so you know rather than create a bad atmosphere where somebody's upset with you now they're in in a bad position and they may not want to sell you in the future. we just go through and, and have closed the deals so so so, yeah.
1: does, so does that mean that you offered non refundable earnest money
0: We actually have several times that's that was one of our strategies to to um Definitely win more business when we had hedge funds move in um, into town. That one of our, you know, we were never nervous about it. We were never scared of it because we knew that we had great personal relationships. And one of the immediate changes we made was we said our our earnest monies are non refundable. We will not back out. And so, um, and when you go in and you offer a higher earnest money non refundable, that gets attention. That definitely that helped us win contracts when we were not the highest price because we were the best contract
1: best ever quote.
0: Yeah, it's uh this was one by Truett Cathy, who was the uh founder of Chick-fil-A and he said that um if you concentrate on getting better every day, your business will get bigger.
1: Yes, I love that. I saw that on your website too. Yeah. Sounds looks like you live and breathe that that philosophy.
0: Oh man, it's this like I said at the beginning of the call, our growth is um we're blessed we're absolutely blessed with the growth that we have but it's a uh, it's a function of great people great team and everybody kind of buying into that philosophy of you know uh, just this great experience and get better 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 the bigger part just kind of happens
1: well chris you've inspired me to add one other question to the format yeah and you know it's coming it's what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know, I kind of, I kind of touched on it on the outskirts, you know, just a little while ago. You know, um, when I first got started, I was, um, I was a very successful businessman. I had a, I had a very successful business that was um, generating a lot of income for me, and I put a lot of money into real estate, and I had a plan. And my plan was very, very simple. I wanted 10 properties and I wanted to own those properties free and clear in the shortest amount of time. But I became addicted to real estate. I I kind of forgot who I was and kind of started thinking I was Donald Trump. And so I got away from my plan and I looked up and I had 54 single family homes that I owned. Uh, I did not own them all free and clear. I had done some horrendously bad deals. I became the guy that uh, would buy anything and everything if you came to me, and so um, you
1: were a hedge fund.
0: <laughs> oh man, I was I was a nut. Okay, and I was, and unfortunately, I didn't have the money that the hedge funds have. And um, so, yeah, uh, over time, I found myself buried in paperwork. You know, because I had I had notes due, I had insurances, I had just everything that comes with owning these properties. I I was looking at thirty pieces of mail a day. It was. It was crazy how much mail gets generated from a portfolio like that. Um, and then, of course, the payments, the move outs, the uh, notes that are due, just back and forth. It was it was a very hectic trying time for me. And I spent a lot of time cleaning that mess up. I spent a lot of time. Uh, I had to sell some properties. Uh, I lost money on properties. And in some scenarios, I had to go to lenders and try and negotiate losses on those properties because... Of course, most of this happened – I bought most of these just before the markets crashed, and uh, it wasn't so much that the properties were undervalued. That didn't bother me because nothing's undervalued if you're not having to sell. But for me, it was kind of everything compounded on top of one another, and I I found myself in a a scenario where I had to sell. I didn't have a choice, and so I was doing a lot of negotiating, a lot of workouts, and I was trying for me. But What's what's the takeaway? Yeah, the, the takeaway is develop a plan. And when you have your plan, stick to it. Don't let anyone else convince you otherwise. My plan was ten properties, and if I'd stuck to that today, I would own ten properties free and clear, and maybe looking now to adjust my strategy. But instead, you know, uh, I, I went a different direction. Now, I again, I've been lucky, so I I have built that ten property portfolio today um, because of the way I handled those issues five years ago. But I could have done it a lot simpler and lost a lot less money if I hadn't. Uh, ended up buying 54 instead of 10 so
1: what's the best ever place to reach you chris uh
0: look i am i am always online anyone that wants to reach me they can always reach out to me uh do you care if i give my email address because that's the easiest way out yeah yeah cool okay well it's chris and it's chris at Memphisinvest.com. and uh yeah that's the that's the easiest best way to reach me
1: all right, well thank you so much Chris. This has been informative and boy from a uh, we, we went really high level with how to build a business to very granular with how to um avoid some some mistakes and then how to how to be successful in um, really treating treating people the right way and studying successful companies, what they've done and how they've built their success and emulating that and applying it to your own business. Absolutely. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with the best ever
0: listeners, and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you having me. Thank you.